Hello. Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. the name of Jesus. Lord, you are good. Hallelujah. Greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. How many of you can really say it and mean it from your heart? Lord, you are good. Yes, Lord. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. In the midst of every situation, every circumstance, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to ask uh, brother and brothers to please be mindful that more people come in, that people can sit together as families. Uh, so the people who don't live in the same house are not packed up on each other. Amen. Yeah, if you're a single person, you can sit in one chair. Praise God. This morning, we, hallelujah, we, we, we celebrate our 24th year of ministry here at Tabernacle of Grace as a church ministry. Amen. Amen. We, y'all didn't clap like you were excited. I mean, some of y'all been here all 24 years. Amen. You're still not clapping like... <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for, for this day. And we thank God for allowing us to be able to, to celebrate 24 years or to observe. This is not a full-fledged celebration because of, of COVID-19. We, we're still... Uh, trying to trying to maintain uh, as much uh, as possible all protocols, so we're not inviting another church in to celebrate with us. But if if God gives us grace, year twenty five, Amen. We're gonna raise the roof, <laughs> Amen. We're gonna get back with some of our old friends and fellowship together. If God gives us grace, and this this pandemic is has ended. Of course, I don't think we'll ever go back to normalcy like we have known it, but we will have a greater degree of freedom prayerfully after this year. Amen. So we're thankful. Thank God for all, all of you who are here today. It's good to see you and worship this morning. Amen. And those of you who are listening online, who have joined us online, thank you so much for joining us online. Uh, today, let me uh, remind you that tomorrow I leave uh, for Kenya and ask that you cover Kenya and Uganda, ask that you cover this, this mission in prayer. 
Praise the Lord. And even though I didn't ask you for an offering, if you feel so led to sow, uh, I will receive it gratefully, thankfully. Even if you're listening online, you can still sow into this mission. Amen. I appreciate you all. Thank God for my wife and thank God for her, her gracious and loving support of this work and the fact that I have to leave her at home while I go. So pray for her. Amen. Praise the Lord. You all feeling good this morning? Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to I wanna thank God for, for Brother Kenton Simon and praise team, all of our ministers. Uh, Brother Trevor Stevens, uh, they've worked really hard behind what Kenton had been behind the scenes. <laughs> but Trevor has worked really hard behind the scenes uh, to make sure, and so many others, to make sure that we were able to continue uh, during this pandemic uh, to continue to minister online, to to make sure that we had a quality broadcast and uh, to make sure that not just for Sunday morning, but for Wednesday night, for, uh, for any of the special things we've done, Jonathan McFadden, uh, so many people just work really hard, you know. And I thank God for Kenton, and, and, I, and I will have to point him out because, and, and you know, when I thank God for him, I thank God for Jaden and Seth and Joshua Amen. And all of our praise team. But for the work that has gone that many people will never notice uh, because you don't know what has been done uh, to help us get to, you just come in and worship and you don't see the hours spent uh, upgrading things to get us to where we are today that will bless us not just now, but in the future as we go forward. So let's just thank the Lord for Brother Kenton Simon today. Amen. 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 Let's thank the Lord for Minister Trevor Stevens today. Praise the name of Jesus. Brother Jonathan McFadden. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's thank the Lord for our praise team that have been coming and recording. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for Brother Jerome Minor who always makes sure the grass is cut and the sanctuary is clean. Amen. Let's thank God for Sister Erica Stowe, praise the Lord, who's always working behind the scenes to make sure things are in order. Let's thank God for our ministers team, amen, who are so supportive and, you know, praise the Lord. Let's thank God for everybody. <laughs> amen. Praise the name of Jesus. All right, so we're going to go into the word today from the book of Acts. Praise the Lord, chapter one. And oh, before I go into the word, so after worship, uh, we're going to, for those of you who want to stay with us in fellowship, we're going to put some tables and chairs outside on the concrete. You know, we still may have some fire ant issues on the grass and we're going to space out and we're going to spend some time fellowshipping and have some testimonies. Uh, praise the Lord for, uh, uh, for those of us who want to share something about your experience at T.O.P., good things about your experience at T.O.P. over the years. Amen. I don't want to hear any complaints. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, but we just want to spend a little bit of time fellowshipping the day outside. We haven't done that in over a year. 
And uh, still keep maintaining your mask, except when you're eating or talking. Uh, keep your mask on uh, and fellowship with one another. All right? Just for about an hour or so. And then we go home and eat the, eat the real feast. Praise the Lord. All right, Acts chapter 1. Are we good? All right. All right. So Acts chapter 1, we begin in verse number 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised you. And I'm reading from the NIV, excuse me, New International Version, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go up. I want to use for thought today, and the work goes on. And the work goes on. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish what you desire, and you, you will prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you, Father, for sending your word. Thank you for prospering your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for these people. We invite your presence now. Anoint me to preach and teach right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. And the work goes on. Tell your neighbor, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. Well, say it with me. And the work goes on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So as I said, today we celebrate, uh, we, today is our founding day observance. Uh, the day we celebrate, the day we are observing today, the founding of this ministry, which actually was established on April 10th, 1997. Uh, that is the day that we met at New Covenant Missionary Baptist Church in Rock Hill and officially organized April 10th, 1997. Um, and of course, those of you all who know the account, uh, the Lord actually spoke to me maybe a year or so earlier uh, while we were still at Fishing Creek Baptist Church. I was on my way to Bible study on a Wednesday night. I was on the bypass, Highway 5 and 161. And just as I crossed over Lincoln Road, I heard distinctly Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. I heard it distinctly. I didn't 
didn't really understand what the Lord was saying at that, at that time, but I committed it to prayer, and I watched the unfolding of the events that led up to our separation on April 4th, 1997. Some of you were there. Some of you remember clearly on April 10th. April 4th was a Friday. Amen. April 6th, some of us met with, worshiped together with, at that time, uh, Higher Heights for Gospel Baptist Church. Uh, we met on that Sunday, and on that Friday night, well, maybe it wasn't a Friday night. If that was the 6th, maybe it was a Wednesday night. Anyway, on that, on that 10th, we met and we organized, which uh, uh, is the founding date of this ministry. Uh, Indelibly etched in my mind all of the events that led up to the founding of this ministry. We started with 85 people. Amen. Many of them are still with us today. Some people have gone on to be with the Lord. Some people have gone to other churches. But we thank God for all 85. Amen. And we thank God for those of you who are still with us today. And we thank God for those who came along to help make us who we are today. I believe that in going forward, that the Lord is going to fulfill more of the vision that he's given to me over the years. Amen. He's shown me some un un unfolding of some things, and I believe that God is going to, uh, in, in my lifetime, fulfill some of the visions that he's given me. Some things will come after, after we've gone on to be with the Lord, because I believe that this ministry will continue to live and to exist and to serve mankind at home and abroad. Amen? So through it all, as I was preparing this message, <clears throat> you know, I always say this, but I really cannot sing this song. But, but I can't even try. I don't know which key to start on. But, but as I was preparing this message, I thought about this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change the wording a little bit. A song by Paul Jones. We've had some good days. We've had some hills to climb. We've had some weary days and some sleepless nights. Now, you might not have had sleepless nights, but I've had not too many, but I've had some sleepless nights because I believe in going to sleep. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but when I look around and think things over, all of our good days outweigh our bad days. Hallelujah. And I won't complain. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I refuse to complain. Why? Hallelujah. Because the Lord has been good to us. Hallelujah. He's been good to us more than this old world could ever be. He's been so good to us. He's dried up our tears. There's some things you cried about 10 years ago. You're not crying about today. You might remember them, but you're not crying about them today. Glory to the name of Jesus. He's turned our midnights in the day. So I'll just say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I've been lied on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Lord. I've been talked about, but thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, that really doesn't matter. Glory to God, because they lied on Jesus. 
Amen. They talked about Jesus. They blasphemed his name. And I've learned over the years, don't worry about when people talk about you. Just go on and do what the Lord told you to do. That's all that really matters. What God told you to do. It doesn't matter what the naysayers say. It doesn't matter what the people don't like you say. Amen. If God is for me. Oh, yeah. That's really all that matters. So, so I won't. I won't complain. I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds seem low. They've seemed like that sometimes. Hallelujah. There have been times I could hardly see the way. There are some things that some of y'all don't know about. Praise the name of Jesus. And sometimes I ask the question, Lord, why? Yeah, but, 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 but he knows what's best for me. Although my weary eyes, they cannot see. So I'll just say, thank you, Lord. I won't complain. I won't complain. Hallelujah, I won't complain. When you feel like complaining, just close your mouth. Say, Lord, I won't complain. Because you can't keep looking back. You got to look to where you are now and look forward. Amen. We used to say when we were in full gospel, I see myself in my future and I look a whole lot better. Glory to God. I see the ministry in the future and it looks a whole lot better. Glory to the name of Jesus. You can add that to anything because because, because your eyes have not seen and your, your ears have not heard and it's not yet been revealed into even your own heart the things that the Lord has prepared for you. Hallelujah. So on this founding day, our founding day observers, I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I won't complain. Amen. I rejoice in the goodness of the Lord, in spite of it all. Amen. Now, a founding day celebration is simply a day of observance. It's a day we honor the Lord for our being, for our being, for our existence. Amen. And, and the things that he has allowed us to do over the years. It's a day when we recognize and, and we... I, and. What I did earlier is not really what's in my heart to do for people, especially in this time of pandemic from last year when we were meeting outside and then we stopped meeting and then we came back inside for people who've, who've gone over and above uh, the call of duty in these times to make it possible for us to continue to worship and for us to continue to minister to you. Amen. Amen. While many of you were sleeping, there were people working. While many of you that were going, going on about your daily business, there were people working. And we thank God for them. Amen. We will do more for recognition of them later. Amen. So it's a day of encouragement for those who've been faithful. And it's a day of encouragement for those who've not been so faithful to encourage you to become faithful. To encourage you to become faithful as we, as we have experienced ministry. Uh, in Tabernacle of Praise, we always, and it's, it's this way in just about every ministry, but of course, the larger the ministry is, uh, the less noticeable it is when you have a, a faithful few workers. Amen. Uh, when you have a faithful few givers, praise the name of Jesus. I look at, I look at the giving report sometimes and I look at Givelify and PayPal and you know, and I see that there are some people that have been really faithful during these times. Amen. You know, there, there are those who felt like, well, I'm not coming to church, so I don't need to give my tithes and my offerings, you know. And they don't think about salaries still have to be paid. Amen. They don't think about the, 
the buildings still have to be maintained and the electricity still has to be paid and all of the other bills, the insurance and the mortgage and all of the other stuff still has to be paid. And, and there are some people that just keep their money in their pocket. And over this past year, some people have done that, you know, and we, we, we just thank the Lord for you anyway. We encourage you to do better. Praise the name of Jesus. You ought to go out and take a loan out for all the money you stole from the Lord and pay it back. <laughs> Bless the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. But some of y'all, oh God, help us, Lord. Some folk have to go back for years. They've stolen so much. Just ask the Lord to forgive you and start doing better. Amen. <laughs> Stop stealing the Lord's tithes and offerings. Ask the Lord to help you do better. Praise the Lord. But I thank the Lord for those who've been faithful. Amen. Amen. You've been faithful. And I just want to encourage you to continue, continue to be faithful. Praise the Lord. Continue to call your brothers and your sisters and encourage them in the Lord. There are some people you haven't seen in over a year and some people you haven't talked to in over a year. Pick up the telephone and give them a call. That's what love is all about. Amen. 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 There are some people who have, who have compromised immune systems. You don't know their whole story. So don't judge them when you don't see them because you don't know their whole story. Just pick up, pick up the phone and say, I was thinking about you. You know, pick up the phone and say, you know, I'm praying for you. You know, you know, because there are people you just don't know. You don't know what they've been going through. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their medical conditions are because we're not walking around with a sign on saying, I'm compromised. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So we're here to encourage you. Now, now being, being a genuine, serious part of a church is being a part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. A ministry that he has assigned to that particular church body. And you know, you know, as much as we would, some of us, and, and I try to steer us away from this now, but but as some of us are negative about the Baptist church, there were some things, some foundations that they laid that were really good. You know, if you really, if you ever grew up going to Baptist training union and studying and you ever studied your covenant and took your church covenant seriously, you know, there were some things, some good foundations that were laid, amen, in the Baptist church. And I thank God for my foundation in the Baptist church. Amen. Amen. I thank the Lord because, you know, once you get from under structure, sometimes people get loose. Yeah, Lord, they get loose. Now, Now you'll be loose among us, but then the Jehovah Witnesses and the Muslims will draw you away and you'll be strict under them. And you'll... Ooh, God help us today. Help us today. But it's been a, it's been, it's been, it's been a, a genuine and a serious part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes I think people don't get that. I don't think people see being a member of the church as being being a part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, and not just a part, but a minister. Amen. Amen. There's an anointing on your life. There's a calling on each of your lives. There's ministry that the Lord has placed inside of each one of you and me. Amen. It's not just for me to be preaching and teaching or our ministerial staff or our, our and accessory prayer team, our musical staff, not just for us to be ministers, but for every one of you to be engaged in ministry. 
Amen. To be seriously engaged in ministry. From the youngest person who accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord to the oldest person. Somehow, some way, and I don't know how we're going to do it, but somehow, some way, we've got to see the connection with life and ministry. Amen. That your Christian faith is your way of life. That, that your Christian faith is not just regulated to what you do on Sunday morning when you come into the sanctuary, but it's the way you live every day of your life. You are a Christian. You are a Christian at school. Amen. You are a minister at school. You are a minister. You're a Christian and a minister on your job. You are a Christian and a minister in Bilo, in, in Walmart, in, in Saks Fifth Avenue, or wherever you go. You are a Christian and a minister. There is no separation. There cannot be a separation if you are serious about your walk with the Lord. Amen. Just remember, Jesus said, Amen, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. He never said, if anyone would, would, would be my disciple, join the church and enjoy worship. He never said that. He said, if you're going to be my disciple, then you must take up, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, not just when you feel like it. Amen? But you will keep my commandments. <laughs> he, he said, he said, uh, glory to God, he said, I didn't, you, you, I called you, you didn't call me. And I, or, how did he say that? I called you and ordained you so that you could be, Lord have mercy, let me back up. He says, I chose you and ordained you so that you could go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. He said, he said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. So everybody that thinks that you made a decision to accept Jesus apart from Jesus, you didn't do it. Jesus said, nobody can come to the Father except my Father draws them. So, so you, 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 somebody ministers to you. Somebody witnesses to you. You're sitting under the preaching of the gospel. That's God. That's Jesus. That's Holy Spirit reaching to you. You didn't just believe. The Holy Ghost was doing some work inside of you, drawing you to the Lord. And Jesus said, I chose you and I ordained you that you should go and that you should bear fruit. Are you listening to the Lord? And that your fruit should remain. He never said, I chose you and I ordained you so that you could be fruitless. He said, you're to bear fruit, and your fruit should remain. Now, we easily substitute, substitute that for I'm faithful in preaching, or I'm faithful in, in, in Sunday school, or I'm faithful in singing. Where's your fruit? Never said I, I called you so you could be fruitless. And he said, a tree that does not bear fruit it's not good for anything but to be cut down and cast into the fire. So where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Have you ever sat down and looked at your life and say, Lord, where is my fruit? I'm not just talking about thinking about it. Just asking, where is your fruit? Where's my fruit? So my children are saved. What about somebody else's child? You know? Where's my fruit? 
Oh, God help us today. This is, this is, the work continues. We observe founding day, but it's about the work. Not about us. We celebrate what the Lord has done. And if we live and exist for 50, 100 more years, we should always celebrate what the Lord has done. Amen. And we will see in our lives and the fruitfulness of our lives the things that the Lord has done. So we come today to observe 24 years, our 24th founding day. And I did sense the Lord speaking to me about ministry, about assignment, and about faithfulness or fruitfulness. Amen. The work of the Lord continues. It continues. What we see here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, amen, um, is the fifth New Testament reference where Jesus directly charges his disciples to go and preach the gospel to all of the world. He said to them, but you shall be, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, glory to God, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you. He wasn't just speaking to them that day that gathered with him. He's speaking to the church today. We ought to be witnesses to him at home, in our surrounding community, in our surrounding state and nation, and to the uttermost parts of the world. You. Yeah. You know, I was, I was meditating the other day, and I put on Facebook, you know, are you a goer? Are you a sender? Or are you a prayer? That's a part in the worldwide mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not at a point where you can go, but you can send somebody. You can support the work. You can always pray. You can always pray. You know, but you got to be actively involved. And it's not just going around the world, but it's right here in York, South Carolina. You know, the Lord didn't call us just to come here on Sunday and meet. He didn't call us just to have an evangelistic out, outreach one time a year or two times a year, and then for the rest of the year if we forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the charge, to be witnesses to Jesus, to Jesus, who is the good news, who is the gospel, who is the Savior. This world today needs to know Jesus Christ. We need to know Jesus. We need to know that Christianity is still the right way. We got to know this, saints. We have to be convinced of this because the world is trying to tell us that Christians are mean, that Christians are, 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 are harsh, that Christians are judgmental, and maybe some of us are because we haven't known this Jesus that's, that's revealed to us in the Scripture. Maybe we have developed our own concept of this Jesus based on our worldview, which can be sometimes very small. When, when you only associate with a small group of people, when you don't go anywhere, you don't read, you don't study, your worldview is very limited. Once you get exposed to others, you know, once you, once you begin to really study the Word of God, 
once you begin to really study Christianity, uh, so we're, we're, we're planning this event in York. And so we were talking the other night, and, and, and as, as the other pastor and I were meeting, and we were talking about this, you know, we, we, we finally came down to the conclusion that we can't deal with this without dealing with it from a theological perspective. Because there are some people on, on, the on the committee who are not necessarily Christians. And then we have so many varied denominations. But we said, we gotta, we gotta, there's no way for us to deal with this issue that's going on in America that's sometimes affecting York, South Carolina, even though sometimes people here just seem like they're just not interested in what's happening. I've been trying to get people involved and folk are like, I, I'm not interested. And it makes me sometimes want to say, I got other things to do. You know, maybe I shouldn't be involved either, but this is a community the Lord has called me to serve in. But I said to them in the meeting that genuine Christianity that's based in Scripture is not judgmental, is not mean, is not harsh, is not off base. Because the things that the world is looking for, you find them in God, but you got to accept God, amen, and read his word and embrace him in order to receive what he wants for us. Sometimes our worldview is so small, you know, the only people we associate with, and I'm not just talking about you, but as I look at, as I look at Christianity and look at churches, we associate with our little group of people. And we miss God. We miss God. We miss the love of God. You know, the, sometimes the church doesn't know how to love those that are not like us because we don't know this Jesus who loved everybody. And if we won't study. We won't study. We give opportunities for people to study online and folk won't get online. I always got something else to do. When does, when does your faith become primary? When does sitting under the teaching, the anointed teaching of the word of God become primary to you? I mean, it's not like we're teaching 24-7. When do you fit teaching in your schedule? When? One of the, and I shared this with my wife this morning as we were riding along, one of the reasons that the church needs to come back together is because we are getting lazy. And I know it's, it's critical times and everybody can't come because some people do have compromised immune systems and what have you. But, but, but there's some of us who stay home for the sake of staying home. So I watch it on, online. And you watching, watching the preaching online, washing dishes. You're watching the preacher online cleaning up. You're watching the preacher online while you're talking on the phone or texting somebody on the phone. You're not giving God your undivided attention. Now, you can come to the sanctuary and do the same thing, but at least you're in the sanctuary. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just trying to help us see some things. Because what will happen is, you see, you give the devil an an inch, and he's going to take a mile. He's going to take that opening that you provided for him because you were not consistent. 
and he's going to make it into a big gaping hole where he and all of his demons come into your life and begin to influence you in all kinds of ways. So, anyway. Yeah. Being a, a genuine Christian, and, and young people, I want you all to get this because a lot of us are not getting this. Being a genuine, committed Christian really adds to your life. When Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, that's what Jesus meant. And those of us who along the way through our ups and downs, slips and slides, and we've learned that Jesus, the life that he provides for us is really the best life. It's the best life. I was teaching that one time, a long time ago in the association in a youth session. And this, this young lady, and I guess she was serious, she said, well, you had your fun. Why don't you, why don't you want me to have my fun? I said, I, said, I said, it's not about whether I had fun in my foolishness or not. It's trying to help keep you from hurting yourself and being shame of things that you've done in your life. How many of y'all shame of stuff you did? Just shame. You don't want nobody to just shame of it. I know some of y'all been saved all your days. They've never done anything wrong. But just shame. <laughs> Glory to God, you've done some stuff that messed stuff up and you're still paying the price for it. But listen, now you're only paying the price. Part of it is because you're still guilty. You need to forgive yourself so you can go on. You can't change the past. You can't change the past. There's nothing in the past that you've done that you can change. You can ask God to forgive you. If it were not for Jesus, saints, none of us would go to heaven. He's our only hope. Have you ever thought about that? He's your only hope. Let me go on and preach this message. Hallelujah. So, so we have this charge. We have this charge to, to go into all of the world and preach the gospel. Everyone say, I have this charge. I do. Joshua, you have this charge. Seth, you have this charge. Ray John, you have this adjustment. You have this charge to go. This doesn't, this doesn't, just because you're young, it doesn't leave you out. I tell my son that all the time. We have a ministry that we have to fulfill. We have to be Christian. I know you're out there, you know, and, 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 and you're in the world. And I'm thinking about all of our young people who are connected to this ministry that we haven't seen in years. All of them, not just one or two, but all of them. And I'm going to start giving them a call and challenging them. Because there's work that needs to be done in ministry. You can't allow God to bless you with life, health, and strength. And all of your time is going to the devil. You live in your life. You die, your family going to call me to preach your funeral. Or your parents die, you're going to be looking to me. That's my pastor. I ain't seen you in 15 years. I'm still your pastor. I'm not your pastor. I'm not your pastor. I don't know who your pastor is. You took yourself from under my covering. Sad. You know, let me just preach it all today, this founding day. Y'all just rest. You know, I, 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 you know I, we open our doors to people at other churches for funerals, shut their doors to. They've been members of the church. Sometimes I sit back and I kind of understand. 
You know, I, I don't ever want to, and we won't close our doors to people who need to have a funeral or what have you. But sometimes I understand. You know, you want to be buried in that cemetery. You want the pastor to come and preach, and then you don't want to pay him anything for preaching because you think the pastor ought to preach for free. He really should charge you $1,000 for every funeral because you ain't darkened the doors of the church in 50 years. And you got insurance. Don't even want to bless the man of God. Don't even want to take that insurance money and bless the church. So I kind of understand how some of these churches feel, but still this is the house of the Lord, you know. But I just want folks to know, I don't see you. You don't call me. You don't come to the worship service even when we're midnight. I'm not your pastor. And that's sad. That's sad. But you grew up in this ministry. You were blessed through this ministry. You know, I challenged my son and give him. So you haven't connected to the church. You need to be paying your tithes and your offerings here. Our young people go away, go off to college. They start working. Don't think about sending tithes back home. Now, and then I wonder, what happened when we had all of these young people from Winthrop that were coming and many of them were tithing. Young people, college-age students, they were tithing. They were giving. They were sowing seed into the ministry. Young people in college, and then our own children that we raised up right in the ministry. Grow up, get a job, and forget about the church. That we raised up right up in the ministry. I hope hope you're listening today. Get mad if you want to get mad, but I just want to tell you the truth. That's how it really is. And if you get sick, you're looking for your pastor to pray for you. If you get in trouble, you're looking for you're going, your mom or your dad are going to call the pastor and tell the pastor. If they don't tell anybody else, they're going to tell that pastor. It's not about me getting paid. The Lord supplies the need. I want you to understand it. But it's about your responsibility. It's about you getting the whole concept of being in ministry. I can't remember all of that Baptist covenant, but part of it that was given, supporting the ministry. Go back and read it. It's in the Baptist book. (laughs) One part of it says, when I leave this community, this church, he said, I will unite with another church of like faith and what have you. Because they saw the importance of staying connected to the church. Yeah. Anyhow. Hallelujah. So we have some, some of us had a good background, good foundation. Don't throw that foundation away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let it go. There's a whole lot I need to say. Yeah. So so the work continues. The work of the Lord continues. And 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 we need to understand how it continues. As I, as I looked at, at this particular passage of Scripture, God just showed me a couple of things that most of us already know. All right, this is, there's no new gospel. There might be a new twist to it. <clears throat> Somebody may come with a different accent and, and sound wonderful, and you like their, their New York accent or their Baltimore or their Maryland accent or their British accent, but same gospel. Same gospel. Well, you know, as you look at this, it's important for us to understand that ministry is led and 
and is empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know you look at me as your pastor and you're always looking for me for insight, for leadership, what have you. But it's actually empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is not simply a good idea that you and I think of and we find the energy and the resources in ourselves to do this thing. I've had people come to me about, and I, I have this idea. I've had people get mad because I didn't accept their idea. Well, ministry is not about your ideas. Tell me what the Holy Spirit said to you. Tell me how the Holy Spirit was leading you. Because we all have ideas. Where did it come from? Have you recognized that this is the Holy Spirit that's giving you this idea? It could be the devil that's giving you this idea. And it sounds good up front, but when you start working it out, what is the devil's intention? To steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to divide us. So sometimes, sometimes some people's good ideas can lead to division and destruction. Jesus said to his disciples, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the, world, of the earth. The statement, this statement is so filled uh, with, 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 with information, with instruction that we need to take in. Amen. That we need to embrace. Can somebody say embrace? And live by. Amen. You see, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is empowered, glory to God, by the Holy Spirit to engage the world at home and abroad. The important thing for us to not to miss in this statement is that the first anointing of the Holy Spirit is that, that we are to receive is the power to act. You are anointed to act. You are anointed to do. You are anointed to go. Once we receive, once we embrace the power to act, we got to embrace that I have been anointed to act. I have. Right now, any one of you any one of you who's a born-again believer, if you believe that statement and you trust the Lord, I could call you right now to give a word to the church and you got a word inside of you to give. But the problem is we don't believe. We don't believe. We believe only the Lord, only the pastor, or maybe a minister. And if I call some of my ministers, they, their heart will start fluttering right quick. Oh, oh, I, I don't know what to say. No, you have been empowered to act. Mm. Once we embrace the power to act, not only can we speak, but we can go and we can find the lost. Because we've embraced the power to act. You got that? The power to act. We're sitting down waiting for something that has already been given. We're waiting for power. We want the Holy Ghost to knock us up out of our seat. 
We want the Holy Ghost to take us to Walmart. We want the Holy Ghost to open up our mouths. But we have already been empowered to act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. We're waiting for people to come to us when we're supposed to be going to them. We're still in our upper room. Or we're still in Jerusalem waiting. When the Holy Spirit has already come and has already empowered the church to act. You, man of God. You, woman of God. Hallelujah. What are you waiting for? Holy Spirit is active. He's alive. His word is active. His word is alive. He has empowered his church. Every believer, are you a believer? Every believer, he's empowered you to act. So embrace his empowerment and act. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 14, Elisha knew that Elijah was going to be taken away from him. He followed him everywhere he went. Got down to the Jordan. And Elijah was taken up in a, in a cloud. Elijah was taken up in the cloud, taken up in the fiery chariot to heaven. His mantle fell on the ground. Elijah didn't stand there crying, Oh God, why you take Elijah away from me? Why did you take my father away from me? Oh God, what am I going to do now? You know what the Bible says Elijah did? He picked up the mantle, he smoked the waters and said, Now where is the God of Elijah? Elijah. The anointing was upon him to act. Let me tell you that the anointing is upon you to act. Oh, at the gate called beautiful. Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer. The man was sitting there begging, asking for alms. Peter said, such as I have. And they said, what you asking for, we don't have. Silver and gold, we don't have. But what we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by his hand and pulled him up because the anointing was upon them to act. The anointing is upon you, every one of you, to act. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Oof. Secondly, you got to focus on your assignment. Got to focus on your assignment. Now, 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 we get, we like to put your assignment in a little box. That's all I've been assigned to do. Listen, listen, listen to Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, let me find where he said it. He said, ah, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other spots of the world. It's not for you to know times and seasons. Now here they are. Jesus is talking to them, preparing them for his departure. If I really see the commission, go and be witnesses. They changed the subject. 
Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus wasn't here mentioned Israel. He didn't mention the kingdom of Israel. But their whole mindset was focused in one direction. They were looking for a military leader to overthrow the Roman government. After they walked with him for three years, that's why we can be in the church for a long time and still miss things. It's a continuous growth process. And they continued to grow. But what Jesus was saying to them is, don't be concerned with times and seasons. Don't, even the angel said, why are you standing here gazing up into the heavens? Don't be stargazing. Don't be looking up into the heavens wondering what to do. What's going to happen? Focus and engage on the assignment. The assignment is, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, to the uttermost parts of the world. The church has lost her focus on our assignment. That's why we can have church anniversaries and we can have quiet, we don't do it. We can have choir anniversaries and usher anniversaries and baby contests and, and fundraising drives and we can build big, big, huge buildings to draw people inside rather than us going outside and dispersing into the world and being the witnesses to Jesus Christ that he's called us to be. It's worldwide. It's worldwide. Being focused on the assignment means being a faithful witness to Jesus Christ. It means declaring the good news, the gospel, declaring Jesus. What was our theme for this year? What is our theme? The time is now. The time has been fulfilled. Christ has come into the world. We're to preach, declare the gospel of God throughout the world. We're to be winning souls. We are to make disciples of every soul that's one so that they, listen now, so that they can make other disciples. Are you listening? The reason you are saved, how many of you claim to be saved? You better claim it now. Hallelujah. Even though you may not feel like it, you better claim it because it's not based on your feeling. Amen. The reason you're saved is that so you can become or be a disciple of Jesus Christ and make other disciples. That's why you're saved. To be a disciple. Make other disciples. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. All, Jesus said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Oh, he was just talking to his 12. No, he's talking to us today. Go and make disciples. While you're busy living your life, you're supposed to be making disciples. Everybody out there that's claiming me to be your pastor and you ain't darkening the doors of the church, you're missing your calling because the Lord has called you to be a disciple and make other disciples. So all those people in the nightclub you're going to, all those people at those gambling parties you're going to, all those people at the liquor house you're going to, all those prostitutes you're hanging out with, the Lord called you to be a disciple and make disciples. You're carrying the name of Jesus and not being who you're supposed to be or making disciples. Oof. This is a part of sending more laborers into the harvest. 
Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send more laborers. Is he talking about laborers from XYZ church down the road? He's talking about winning souls. There are people out there that don't know Jesus. There are people in your school, young people, there are people on your job that don't know Jesus Christ. There's an anointing on your life. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is on your life to win those souls. But you got to be serious about being a disciple of Jesus. We don't have a people problem at Tabernacle of Praise. We may not have thousands of members. The problem is we, we have a discipleship problem. That's the problem. We got enough members to do the work that needs to be done. We don't have disciples. Because the disciple is going to come and say, Pastor, say, Elder, Minister, this is what the Lord is leading me to do. I can do this. I can do this. Give me the opportunity. A disciple is going to give themselves in the work of the ministry. That's what a disciple will do. We don't, we don't have a people problem. We got enough people to do everything we need to do. Do you realize that every mission trip that I go on, this church, with everything else people give, this church, through your giving, not from the bank account, but through your giving, supports the missions. You remember that time I said, I need Elder Hoskins to go with me on this mission trip. In a matter of minutes, we raised the money to buy his plane ticket. Yes. Yeah. I look at our young people that are not doing anything, and I see what needs to be done. And so they got these skills. They got these abilities. They know technology. But you will sit back, and you will leave it for two or three people to do. Oh, they didn't ask me. Holy Ghost ain't waiting for somebody to ask you. Holy Spirit is prompting you. Let me tell you something. If I waited for y'all to ask me to preach, some of y'all would never ask me to preach. You'd be thankful. <laughs> when I don't feel like preaching, hallelujah, I can lay in my bed at night and when I feel like I don't have a word from the Lord, all I got to do is lay in my bed at night and the Holy Spirit begin to speak. And I said, Lord, I don't want to get up. Holy Ghost said, get up and write it because if you wait in the morning, you're going to forget it. He's active. He's alive. He's moving. How many of you said, I don't, just like Jeremiah, I'm not going to preach this gospel anymore. But Jeremiah said, it was like fire shut up in my bones. Woo! Glory to the name of Jesus. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you are a member of the body, you are here to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you got to give yourself to the teaching. Because you're not going to be a disciple unless you're taught. You got to give yourself to the teaching. You got to do it. You got to make the space. You've got to make the time. I don't care how busy your life is. You got to make the time. And you got to be committed to being a part of the teaching process. Nobody can do that for you. But you, and this, I'm speaking to T.O.P., but this is to every church. Everybody is watching. You're part of some church. Your church says Wednesday night for Bible study. You got something else to do on Wednesday night. Clear your schedule. Clear your schedule. 
Be, on, be, on, be in Bible study on Wednesday night. Something else come up important on your job, you go clear your schedule so you can be a part of that. Now, I grew up in the church now. I saw parents who didn't have money for anything the church wanted their children to do. But whatever the school said, they found the money. Because we put other things as priority over our faith. Clear your schedule. Sometimes, sometimes there's conflict, but not, not 100% of the time. Oh, lastly, we got to be faithful to the work. Focus, you got to be focused on the assignment, and then you got to be faithful. There's an indication in the text that the disciples were to work until Jesus returned. Okay. And we know that they were. They were faithful until they were taken home to be with the Lord. They had a different perspective of the Lord's return. They saw an imminent return. They, were, they expected Jesus to return in a, in, a, in a certain period of time. He didn't. The Lord knew that. Their responsibility was to be faithful until he returned or to be faithful until the, the Lord. And for us today, it's the same thing. We're to be faithful in our generation. We don't know when the Lord is going to come back. Though That time, only the Father knows. Jesus said that. But we're to be faithful in our generation until the Lord calls us home. Don't worry about times and seasons again. Don't, he said, why are you standing here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus, not another Jesus, this same Jesus will come back in like manner. You've seen him go up. When is he coming back? He's coming back at the consummation of history, uh, in the fullness of time, of the consummation of history to judge the world. He's coming back. He's looking for faithful people. When you close your eyes in death, your desire should be that you've been faithful throughout your life. Ooh. You see, when you get concerned about when the Lord is coming back, you take your focus off being faithful. That's why these people, they say the Lord is coming back next year, and they go into the mountains and start praying. Or they go somewhere. They separate themselves from society. You don't hear a lot about that now, but it's happened in the past. Separate themselves from society so they could go and wait for the Lord's return. They forgot the work. You can't forget the work. You got to be faithful. Young people, middle-aged people, older people, we got to be faithful. There's an account in 1 Kings chapter 19 when Elijah is running from Jezebel. Hmm. And in this account, you know, it's amazing when I read that, but I thank the Lord for everything you wrote because it shows us humanity. Okay, We can have the greatest, that God can do some great things in our lives, but something will happen along the way and we get frustrated. Something will happen along the way, we get, seem like our strength is gone and we don't want to go on anymore. That's what happened to Elijah. You know, Elijah, Elijah's had this big contest on Mount Carmel. Yeah, with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove, of, of the grove. 850 all together. He'd call the people, you know, you need to choose this day who you're going to serve. 
He said, if God be God, then follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And here Elijah's one prophet all by himself. Those prophets built their altar to Baal and they, and, 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 and they prayed and they cried. They cut themselves to death all day long. The Baal didn't answer. Elijah said, uh-uh, now it's time for the Lord. Tear down that altar. Let's build the altar to the Lord. Now, that's a whole sermon in itself because you can't offer up the sacrifices to God on the altars you built to the devil. You got to tear down those altars. But he, but he had them build an altar. So he took 12 stones, built the altar, represented the 12 tribes of Israel, built the altar, put the wood on, put the sacrifice on, brought 12 barrels of water, poured it on the sacrifice, and then he cried out to God to answer by fire. And God sent fire from heaven. Burn up the sacrifice, not just a sacrifice in the wood, but burn up the stones and lapped up the water that was in the trench around the stones. And then Jezebel said, see if I won't do to you to what you did. Oh, he had him kill all the prophets. Then Jezebel thought she was something. Watch out for those devils that think they something. You got to know who got all power in his hands. Jezebel said, if, see if I won't do the same thing to you by tomorrow. Elijah got scared for some. I don't know why he got scared. Maybe he was tired. Sometimes when you're in miniature, sometimes when you're pouring out to people, your body gets tired. Your spirit gets tired. Glory to God. But, but you got to remain faithful to the Lord. I know sometimes things frustrate you, but don't give up on God. I know Sometimes people get on your nerves, but don't give up on God. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. You got to look to the Lord. You got to trust the Lord. Elijah got frustrated and began to run from Jezebel. While he was running, he got tired and went to sleep under juniper tree. The first we gave him shade, died. Oh, no, that was Jonah. Because he went to sleep under a broom tree. God sent an angel, and God said to the angel, touch him, tell him to wake up. There was a cake of bread, a cake and some water there by his head. Tell him to wake up, arise, eat and drink. He woke up, he ate, he drank. He went back to sleep. But you see, God knew what Elijah didn't know. So he said to the angel, touch him again. And the angel touched him and said, arise and eat. For the journey is great. Saints, this is why we got to be faithful. Because the journey ahead of us is great. It's a long journey. Glory to the name of Jesus. Sometimes it's a difficult journey. You will shed tears on this journey. You got to remember, amen, that, that, that Jesus was persecuted. And the Bible says in the world you will suffer persecution, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, because I've overcome the world. And if Jesus overcame, I can overcome. Can you overcome? You can overcome. Arise and eat, though. Oh, God ain't giving you, he ain't giving you physical food. This is not a physical journey. This is a spiritual journey. You need the food of the Holy Ghost. You need the water of the Holy Ghost. You need the refreshment of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You got to rise and eat. Don't stay in your stupor. Don't stay in your frustrated situation. Don't stay in your discouraged place. Arise and eat. For the journey is long. It's long. 
I started on this journey when I was 10 years old. I'm 66 years old. Be 67 this year. It's a long time. The Lord let me live. I want to live at least to be 100. I want to still be preaching. Yeah, I might have to come up on a cane. If y'all still here, you might have to bring your lunch bag with you. If you think I preach long now, wait till I'm 99 years old. <laughs> Woo! Glory to the name of Jesus. The journey is long. This spiritual journey is long. The Lord didn't say you will have good days every day. Oh, my goodness. But you got to rise and eat. You got to rise. You got to get up. You got to eat. Spiritual food. You got to stay in the word. You got to stay in the Holy Ghost. You got to allow the Holy Ghost to saturate you with this very presence. You got to allow the Holy Ghost when you get dry, when you feel like giving up, when there's no more strength in you, to be your strength. He's our helper. Ooh. He's our guide. You got to develop a personal relationship with him. And it can't be part-time. Oh, God. Can't be part-time. Can't be on today and off tomorrow. Got to be every day. Oh, God, help us. That old hymn said, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other, no other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, where shall I go? On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. God, I put my trust in you. God, I need you to fill me with your presence. Ephesians 4 and 3, I believe it says, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be being filled. I need you, Lord, every day of my life. Hallelujah. I need you to be my strength. I need you to be my joy. I need you to be my peace. I need you to be my sustainer. I need you to be my hope. I need you to be my shepherd. I need you, Lord. David can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. He leading me beside still water. Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I fear no evil for the Lord is with me. Glory to the name of Jesus. The Lord is who we need through the Holy Ghost. He is with us today. So we can continue in the work. So we can continue in the work. I don't care what the past looked like. The work goes on. The Holy Spirit is still here. He has still empowered his church to do the work of ministry. I want to see some young people standing up saying, the Lord has, is my strength. The Lord is my help. I will be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I will separate myself from the world. Amen. I will commit myself to the Lord. Amen. And everybody I meet, I'm willing to open my mouth. Amen. And share Jesus with them. I want to see some young people in this ministry take discipleship seriously because the mountain will fall on you. Glory to the name of Jesus. One day we're all, the older ones of us, are going to pass out the scene, but the ministry has to keep going on. Amen. You can't sit to the sidelines and say, amen, I'm going to wait until the old people are dead, then I'm going to get involved. Now, the work goes on. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Father, thank you. Let's stand.
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you've sent your word to. Thank you, Lord, for including us in your plan to win the world for you. Forgive us for the times that we've fallen by the wayside, that we've been slack. Forgive us for the times, Lord God, that we've not acted like your disciples, Lord. Forgive us for the times that we didn't even take seriously making disciples of others. Lord, we submit to you. We confess our sins, Lord God, and we yield to you, Father, so that you will continue to do your work in us and continue to use us even the more to advance your kingdom in the earth realm. God, bless your people now. Stir each heart, stir each mind, stir each spirit. God, that we will embrace you, embrace your word, embrace your spirit. God, that we will allow you to be our help, that we will allow you to be our hope, that we will allow you to be our strength. God, we can't make this journey without you. The journey is long. The journey is hard. The journey is tiresome, Lord God. But thank you for being our strength because you need the slumber. You need the sleep. You are not a man. Not only that you should lie, you're not a man that you should get tired. You don't get tired, Lord God. You keep on giving and keep on giving. We need you. Lord. We need you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We say yes to your will. Yes to your way. Use us. Use us. Here we are, Lord. Here we are. Use us for your glory. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, the prayer I just prayed covers you. I pray for you. You make the determination and the commitment through your personal prayers to the Lord to rededicate yourself to the Lord. To be his disciple. To give yourself to the teaching and learning process so you can be his disciples. And as you learn, use what you know under the power of the Holy Spirit to reach other people who don't know Jesus Christ. Win them to the Lord. I've said this so many times before. If each one of us, even by this time next year, would win one person to the Lord, then this size group of people would double. Dear disciple, the work is continuing. Don't be left out. Don't be left out. Get engaged in the work. If you are not a believer, you've never given your life to Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. You're listening to me online. Today, you can make that commitment. Today, you can pray the prayer of repentance and confession and ask Jesus to come into your life to be your Savior and to be your Lord. 
I want you to pray this prayer with me. And after the prayer, I'll give you instructions as to what you need to do. Salvation, <clears throat> as much as it is, as it is, it's so critical that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. That God raised him from the dead on the third day, conquering death, hell, and the grave so that you could be saved. Satisfying, the most important thing is that he satisfied the righteous requirement of God's law that says, the soul that sins shall surely die. Jesus died in your place and in my place. He became that sacrifice for you and me. But even with that, you have to decide. It must be a decision of your will to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. I can't decide for you. Nobody can decide for you. If you made that commitment, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I realize that I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You satisfied the righteous requirement of the law for me. You died in my place. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you now. And I thank you for saving me. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.